But when we begin to allow ourselves to think more expansively through that compassionate lens, we begin to loosen the grip on this story that you are constantly carrying around, which is, well, it must be me. Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts, feelings and actions, change our results and feel less alone as we navigate this crazy little thing called life. My name is Emily Chadbourne, and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, Unashamedly Human with Emily Chadbourne. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this global community, and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram too, Unashamedly Emily, and enjoy this episode. Dear M. My husband and I have two beautifully healthy daughters, aged five and seven. I'm 41 years old with a very colourful past in alcohol, drugs and cigarettes. A year ago, my husband and I decided to try for another child and I recently got a travel exemption and flew to LA to undergo IVF in the hope of gender selecting a boy. This is illegal in Australia. I was unfortunately unsuccessful due to poor quality eggs. I was hugely disappointed. I'm proud of myself for staying clean for about three years now, but for the first time in my life, I find myself feeling overwhelmingly regretful about my past behaviour, in particular smoking, as I know it significantly affects egg quality. Questions keep swimming around in my head like, have I ruined my eggs? Have I shortened my lifespan for my daughters? Any insight would be muchly appreciated. Okay, so... What I'm going to ask you to do in this particular circumstance is ask yourself three questions. That's all you need to do. Three questions. The first question is this. I want you to ask yourself, why did I choose to tell myself this particular story? So of all of the stories that you could be latching onto right now, you have chosen the narrative that because you used to be a smoker, you have ruined your eggs and have shortened your daughter's lifespan. Those are the creations that you have come up with in your own imagination, in your own mind, because you have chosen the story that this is all happening because you used to be a smoker. In choosing that story, you are also disregarding all of the other potential stories that could also be true. We know scientifically, full fact, that the quality of a woman's eggs decrease quite dramatically past 35 and continue to decrease in quality dramatically every year after that. So it may very well be that five years ago, seven years ago, when you had your beautiful daughters, your egg quality was much, much better than it is now. And the only reason for that is age. It could be Nothing at all to do with your smoking or your past. There are so many women out there who still smoke and have children, who have polluted their bodies in much worse ways than you ever have and still have healthy children. But you have decided, for whatever reason, to attach yourself to the story that you not being able to have a third child is a direct consequence of the fact that you used to smoke when you were younger. Now, why have you chosen to blame yourself? That's not the next question. We're still on the first question. Why did I choose this particular story? 
But in asking yourself that question, it would be really interesting to ask, why have I chosen to blame myself here? Because you may very well find, and this is sort of the work that we do in the hub, like when you identify a belief or a story that is not resourceful to you, i.e. it is not helping you manifest the best quality of life that you could possibly have. In this case, you're choosing to tell yourself the story that as a direct result of your smoking, you now can't have a third child. With no other reason, just that. So why are you choosing to blame yourself? Because I think there's probably something that goes much deeper than just this problem. Quite often when it comes to this deep level of self-reflection, we find that the problems that are presenting to us are quite often symptoms and not the actual problem itself. So right now, you are choosing to blame yourself. Is there a reason for that other than the fact that you used to smoke along with I don't know, almost everybody else who was brought up in the 80s and 90s, right? Other than that, is there a reason that you are blaming yourself? What does this say about your self-worth, about your self-esteem, about the level of love that you have for yourself? Like, is there something deeper going on? Because if this isn't the root of the problem, then there is something deeper underneath it. And when we can start identifying that, and through the hub, I teach all the frameworks and all the strategies in order to be able to identify and do this level of self-coaching, it's like, what's really going on here? Why are you choosing to blame yourself for this situation when you could be choosing to look at any of the other potential stories or the other reasons? You know, it's not provable that it's not true. It's not even that it's not provable. It's absolutely not categorically true that the only reason that you have not been successful in having a third child is because you used to smoke. And yet you are taking that as truth and centering your entire life around it. So I would be looking at why. Why is your knee-jerk reaction to assume that it must be something that you have done? And I am just going to say this. Congratulations on being three years sober. That is phenomenal. You and I have both managed to stay sober for three years. Go us. But one of the things that I know that really supports me in my sobriety is that I work through on a very deep level all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the regret that came along with my addiction. Because my addiction to alcohol was not the problem. It was a symptom of the problem. The problem was how I felt about myself. The problem was the shame that I was sitting in on a daily basis. And alcohol was the solution to that for me. So while it's very easy to go, I have a problem with drinking, a lot of the time the problem of drinking is the symptom to something else that is going on. In exactly the same way that I would imagine that your reaction to not being able to have a third child is to instantly blame yourself. Like ask yourself, do I blame myself for a lot of other stuff? Am I always finding fault with myself? Am I always downplaying myself? Am I always berating myself? Am I always in the shame of who I am? Because that's the problem. Not that you used to smoke a packet of fags a week or a day or whatever it was. Not even that you used to consume drugs and alcohol. But now these things become symptomatic. And the problem is, okay, well, how do I feel about myself? Do I love myself? Do I accept myself? Do I need to work through the stuff of my past so that I can be free of it in my future. 
So that's the first step that I would take is, and the first question I would ask myself is, why did I choose this particular story? And, and you know, is that story true? Is it 100% true? Definitely. That the only reason that you can't conceive a third child is because you used to smoke or that it's all your fault. Could it not just be that you are just getting older and therefore your equality has decreased? Could it not be that God or source or the universe or fate went, no, you're just destined to have two children, two beautiful, healthy, happy children. That was your destiny. That was your fate. Those were the soul contracts. Would you like daily text messages of support, positivity and love sent personally from me straight to your phone? Then sign up for Wake Up With Em. It's the affirmation service you didn't know you needed. The first month is free if you follow the link in the show notes. Good morning. You're awesome. So get really curious with yourself. Be compassionate while you're doing it, but get really curious with yourself as to why you have chosen to blame yourself for this. Okay, second question. How is this story affecting the rest of my life? So as you continue to attach to the narrative of guilt and shame that you are the reason that you can't have a third child, how is that affecting everything else in your life? How is it affecting your relationship with your partner? How is it affecting your relationship with your children? How is it affecting how you feel about yourself and therefore the action that you do and do not take and therefore the results that you do and do not manifest in your life? Like the story that you are holding on to, how is that story then manifesting in other parts of your life? How are you taking that energy that you are creating and amplifying and reinforcing in yourself by choosing to blame yourself for something that is not provable, right? There is no proof that it is because you smoked. It could be a million and one reasons, but how is that story affecting the other areas of your life? And that can be, I'm going to be really honest, the kind of question that kind of bites a little bit, because that's when you begin to realize that we are more powerful manifestors than we think. So when we stay attached to the guilt and the shame through the story that we are telling ourselves that we must be the ones to blame, is that manifesting it detrimentally in your relationship with your husband? Are you withdrawing? Are you feeling less worthy of being loved? Are you holding back from him? How is that then manifesting in the home? How is that manifesting in your finances? How is that manifesting in the workplace? What is the knock-on effect? Do you find yourself overcompensating with your kids? Like, what is the knock-on effect of you holding tight to this story that it must be you to blame? And again, we have to do this through the lens of compassionate curiosity and not through the lens of judgment. This is not an exercise for you to beat up on yourself even more and therefore reinforce the shame and the guilt and the look how terrible I am and everything is my fault and I'm not worthy of being a mother. Like that's not the objective of this exercise. This, the, this exercise is for us to be able to expansively loosen the grip of this relatively brutal story that you have decided to live with. That's all we're doing here. So curious, compassionate, loving lens. How am I choosing to manifest more guilt, more shame, more anxiety, more worry, more drama, more issues in my life by continuing to hold tight to this story that I must be the sole person to blame for this? 
Then the third question that you would ask yourself is what would be different if I didn't carry around this story? So if you decided today to sit down and find all of the other potentials, all of the other reasons and all of the other evidence that maybe, just maybe, you being a smoker in your past is not the only reason that you didn't conceive a third child. What if... I mean, because when you look at the statistics around IVF, they're not great. Like, there are some amazing, phenomenal success stories through IVF, but there are more non-successful stories than there are successful stories. It's still in the, you are less likely to get pregnant than more likely to get pregnant as a result of IVF. So what you've done is you've gone for IVF, you've been told that your eggs are no longer, are not viable for IVF because... I don't know what, they're not going to survive the freezing process or the extraction process or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily mean that means that you can't have a third child. It just means that you can't do gender selection. Like, I know a lot of people who've gone round after round after round of IVF, been unsuccessful, given up, and then gone and gotten pregnant, right? So again, like, you are looking through a very focused, very specific, very brutal lens at the information that is in front of you and making it all about you. Maybe it's just that IVF wasn't successful for you. Maybe it is just that you were only destined to have two children. And maybe that's okay. Maybe this is part of a greater master plan. Who knows? Maybe you're going to have a third baby when you least expect it and you think you're going through the menopause and you're like, wow, fuck, shit, now I'm 45 and having a third baby. And maybe it's going to be another girl. I don't know. Or maybe two is your lot. But when we begin to allow ourselves to think more expansively through that compassionate lens, we begin to loosen the grip on this story that you are constantly carrying around, which is, well, it must be me. And then what would be different? If you could put the story down, what would be different? How would your life feel differently? If you disproved the theory that it must be you and it must be because you smoked by looking at statistics around egg harvesting, by looking at statistics around IVF, by looking at statistics of all of the women who have smoked their entire lives and still had three, four, five, six children. When you start deciding that you are no longer going to sit in the seat of blame and judgment with yourself on a constant and consistent basis, and maybe even going deeper and going, but why do I have this sort of tendency to blame myself? Why do I always think it must be my fault? Why can't I just believe that I am good enough as I am. Why don't I have the self-esteem to be able to go, okay, that's unfortunate. I can't have a third child through gender selection. Now what are my options? Like when you start going down that kind of like self-awareness kind of spiral, if you like, you will find some really interesting stuff about yourself. What would be different if you chose not to carry around that story? How would it affect your relationship? How would it affect your parenting? How would it affect your general vibrational frequency? How would it affect you in your body? How would it affect you in all of the areas of your life? What would you be free to do if you weren't carrying around the weight of this story that you are telling yourself? Which isn't even true. It's a presumption. And if you're going to presume one thing, why don't you presume any of the other alternative realities that are out there in front of you? that also have as much or rather as little evidence to back them up. So those would be the three questions that I would take myself through with a journal, with a pen and with a paper. And like I said, with a lot of compassion, why did I choose to carry this story? 
And then a sort of subsidiary of that would be, you know, why have I chosen to blame myself? And is that a pattern in my life? Do I do that everywhere else? Am I self-deprecating in that way in all of the other areas of my life, with my career, with my finances, with my friends, with my kids, with my husband? Am I always telling myself, I fucked up, I'm not good enough, here I am again being my own self-fulfilling prophecy, look at me not doing life right? Like, Because if that's a pattern, that's what needs to be addressed. Everything else is symptomatic. Then the second question, how is this story affecting the rest of my life? And how am I continuing to manifest stuff that maybe I don't want and energy that doesn't serve me and issues that I could be avoiding if I put this story down? And then that third question, what would be different if I didn't carry this story anymore? And start thinking about what is possible for you, what lightness there is potentially in your life, what freedom there is that you could experience if you decided to break this pattern of sort of habitually thinking that everything must be your fault. If, like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews, and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness, and if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes, and I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. It's Friday! And now I just want to conclude really quickly with forgiveness as a general topic. We have a lot of work in the Unashamedly Human Hub about forgiveness and self-forgiveness. You know, forgiveness works in three ways. It's self to self, self to others, and then others to self. And self-forgiveness is a really big one because we do become our own self-fulfilling prophecies. What we continue to think on a regular basis, we will begin to believe, and what we believe we will manifest. Now, if, like a lot of people, we were brought up in a family environment, for example, where you were constantly being told that you weren't good enough, right? Your dad told you you were worthless piece of shit and your mum didn't really take any notice of you and your siblings kind of bullied you and you go through your entire life genuinely believing that maybe you're not good enough and, you know, everything that you do is a fuck up and no one's got anything to, nothing nice to say about you. You will then, and that's just a set of circumstances that has led you to believe that. That's not the truth. But when we inherently become, like, mold our identity around a story like this, we will then become the version of us who manifests that evidence for themselves in their daily life. If we assume that we're never going to be good enough, we don't take the action to disprove that. We don't have the confidence to go for that promotion or stand up for ourselves or assert our boundaries. And then we become our own self-fulfilling prophecy which is why this deep level of self-reflection work is so important. People talk a lot about manifesting, like all you have to do is have really happy thoughts all the time. But if you are under a paradigm or a set of neurological wiring, which has an effect in your biochemistry, and you are constantly operating under that program of, I'm not good enough, I always fuck it up, nothing good ever happens to me, then you will continue to sit in that vibrational frequency, plus you will continue to take the action of that type of person, which means that your reality will then reinforce that belief in yourself. See, I told you I always fuck up, told you I can never get what I want, told you I'm not worthy of it. So the importance of doing this sort of level of really deep self-forgiveness work, identifying these stories, identifying these beliefs, identifying these paradigms, and then going through the processes that I teach women in the hub in order to reprogram ourselves, to debunk those myths that we're carrying around in our head about ourselves 
and to completely shift through on an energetic level through that sort of lower vibrational stage of identity into the highest vibrational stage of our identity, your entire external world will shift. But that shift comes from doing that internal work and learning how to identify those limiting stories and beliefs in ourselves and also learning how to forgive ourselves for the stuff that we didn't do and when we didn't show up for ourselves and we didn't assert those boundaries. You know, I was speaking to someone recently who just joined the hub and she'd been thinking about joining for months and she kind of, it was really funny because I actually had never seen her name pop up in anything. She'd never asked me a question. She'd never liked a post. And then all of a sudden, just whoop, here she was, a member of the hub. And, you know, we'd sort of connected, obviously, because the moment you join the hub, you're instantly in my inner circle, you're my crew. And we were talking about it. And she was like, oh, you know, I just for ages, I just kept thinking, oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. What if it doesn't work for me? And then she was like, and then one day I just had this thought, which was, you know, another six months has passed and nothing in your life has changed. Just say yes to yourself. And then obviously she got inside the membership site. She became part of the community. And she was like, oh my God. She was like, I just beat myself up because I didn't do this earlier. And my response to that was, but you did it now. And so what you can't do is continuously live your life going, oh, I wish I'd done something different. I wish I'd done something different. I wish I'd done something different. Because while you are focusing your energy to what you haven't done, you're still not doing what you need to do now. You're still not taking the action that you need to take today. You're not focusing your time, your money, and your energy in where you want to go. You're still looking behind you. And if you look behind you, guess where you're going to go? And so I said to her, you know, the lesson that you can learn here, you can't sit in regret, but you can sometimes learn in it. So what you want to be doing is retrospectively going, okay, what were the negative stories that I was telling myself? What resistance was I putting up between me and doing this thing, which intuitively I knew I wanted to do? Intuitively, I knew I wanted to join the hub. It didn't go away. It kept coming back to me. I kept wanting to do it. I kept almost doing it. And then I pulled back and then I backed out because the fear overtook me. And and I was like, so you want to be able to identify with yourself what part of me was causing that resistance? Because that's where the work starts. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was worthy of being that happy. I didn't think it would work for me. Why didn't you think it was going to work for you? Because I didn't think I'd be good enough. So, you know, regret isn't something that we just dismiss. Sometimes it's something that we can really learn from. However, what we can't do is consistently go back to those moments of time where we didn't show up for ourselves, those moments of time where we didn't back ourselves, those moments of time where we didn't go for that job interview, that moment of time where we, you know, whatever, smoked those cigarettes. Like, I can't go back in time and stop my three-year-old self from shitting herself, but I'm not going to walk around all day, every day going, guys, I shit myself while I was three, because people are just giving me weird looks and, you know, move away from me. Like, of course I shit myself when I was three. I didn't know any better. And so when you were smoking, when you were in your 20s and your 30s and taking party drugs and drinking loads of booze, you just didn't know any better. And then one day you did know better. One day you went, okay, no more of this bullshit. I'm going to stop. And you did. And that is what needs to be celebrated. You cannot live in who you used to be because the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is who you are today. And right now, who you are today is living in the regret of who you used to be. And so you're not even giving yourself permission to live fully in who you could be today. So that's your mission, to live fully in who you could be today on a daily basis, every day, because that's what your daughters want to see. That's what's going to inspire your kids to greatness. 
But, you know, living with somebody who was anxious about the fact that they smoked cigarettes when they were younger and, you know, that's not empowering to your children. What is empowering to your children is seeing a mother who's like, you know what? I made so many mistakes and look where I am now. Look what I've got now. Look at the strength that it took to get me to where I am now. And you know what? I'm not finished. This is just the beginning. And that's what a gift to be able to give your daughters. Phenomenal. That's where your focus needs to go. So I trust that that has been useful. I'm sorry I can't see any of the comments because I'm on my laptop, but I will jump onto my phone after this broadcast has finished live through Unashamedly Human with Emily Chubborn, and I will respond to all of your comments. Thank you all very much for joining me today. And remember, if you have got a question for me, then I'll be back in a fortnight. You can email me info at emilychubborn.com and I will answer it on a podcast episode for you. Go in peace to love and serve yourselves so that you can be at peace to love and serve the world. Thanks for listening. That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it on your socials. And please tag me, Unashamedly Emily. You can also share it through Spotify. And if you're listening on iTunes, then please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth. So let your mates know all about this podcast. If you're interested in joining my global coaching community, the Unashamedly Human Hub, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.